Tonight, Dewey makes his way to the library. I'm Richard. And I'm Gary, and these are our incredible stories. Good evening and welcome to our friends across the United States and around the world. We are delighted to have you with us this evening. Tonight, Gary and I are going to be bringing you a story guaranteed to warm every animal lover's heart. And I believe most of our listeners are true animal lovers. That is correct. With us uh, is one of the folks who so many animals have considered their mom. And Gary, uh, would you have the take the honor of introducing tonight's guest storyteller? Mother Nature. She has uh, lots of animals that she takes care of around the world and beyond the stars. Oh, oh no, wait, no, it's not Mother Nature. It's my sister, Amber. She is going to be sharing a amazing story about uh, about a library cat, and I believe his name was Dewey. Is that correct, Amber? It is correct. He went by Dewey or the Dew. The um, Dew. That that big of a cat, you have a nickname. Yeah, he was also known as the Dukester. Mm. Now, Amber, this is a story that comes from a published book, a book called Dewey by Vicky Mort Myron. Vicky Myron, and I understand it is an absolutely true story. It is, and it is definitely a must-read. Wow. Can you tell us how Dewey first came to Vicki Myron's attention? It was a very cold Monday morning on January the 18th of 1988, and as usual, her job in the morning was to come in and kind of get things started in the library very early. She was the first person in. Um, so her job would be to remove the books out of the overnight drop box. And of course, after a weekend, I'm sure that that box was probably brimming. Um, and so in doing so, she happened to reach back and grab something that obviously was not a book. Um, but the air coming through that box was so bitterly cold that she pulled her hand back immediately. And it was only then that they discovered it was an animal of some sort. But they weren't, they weren't sure at that point. They didn't know it was a kitten. That For that point, it could have been a raccoon, a possum. It could have been anything. Um, so her and the other lady who worked with her very carefully uh, removed the contents out of the box to see, crouched back in the back corner, a very tiny little fur ball. Um, and when they removed it, um, they didn't know at that time that his fur was orange. He was so dirty. Um, and his little pads of his feet had frozen to the bottom of the box, so he had frostbite on Ooh. all four of his feet where eventually the, the skin ended up peeling off. So it took him a little while before he would go exploring the library when those feet healed. But in the meantime, he was embraced by all the, uh, the library staff. And his feet, I don't believe, ever touched the ground for the first couple of days. There was always a willing set of hands to hold and pet Dewey, as she described. So what happened to Dewey after this? How did he get settled into the library? So immediately, um, Miss Myron at that time was brand new to the Spencer Library. Um, she had decided, they'd talked about it, I guess, at some point, wanting to have a library cat. Um, it was kind of a new idea at this time, but they knew that some places um, in other states had library cats. And so they wanted to go about it, but they knew that they needed to get the approval of the board of directors. Um, and so they did that. And then came the question, well, what about people that don't like animals? if you can believe that. Um, and so 
eventually uh, everybody was on board. I mean, they did have a couple people that threatened to bring their uh, dairy cows down the road if they allowed the cat into the library. But wow. eventually the entire town embraced Dewey, and he ended up making that 13,000-square-foot building his, his kingdom, his palace. Um, and he spent his whole life there. I'm just trying to imagine a library cow for a second there. <laughs> you know, the it's good thing about that, yeah, well, yeah, it would be very moving. But, I mean, just think about it. You could read a book and have a fresh glass of milk right there. Ideas. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so Dewey, uh, did he live in the library or did she take him home? So he lived in the library. There was only a small window of time where Dewey went home um, if it was going to be closed for like a holiday or something for a long period of time. Or at one point, the library was undergoing an um, improvement. They were updating it. And so it was under construction. So at that point, Dewey ended up going home with Miss Myron. It was always Miss Myron that he went home with and her daughter, Jody. And um, he, he loved them, but he was always happy to return to his library home. And there was only ever one time where Dewey got adventurous and went through the, that set of uh, electric doors and got outside and was missing for a little bit. And when he returned back, he never did it again. I can imagine not. Now, I imagine very, that there were a lot of people who probably were very big fans of Dewey. What kind of people would come and visit? Uh, well, first of all, to, to give you a little background on that time, back then, um, we're, we're talking about the breadbasket of America, the heartland. A lot of people were farmers. It was farmland out there. And a lot of them were losing their farms, losing their way of life, their livelihood, and their jobs. You're, you're talking about second, third generation farmers that had, you know, small town feel. And they would come in to the library to do research to find jobs or maybe books on different skills to, to, to do jobs. And Dewey was always there to greet them. Now, some of them, you know, were too busy doing what they were doing to even acknowledge Dewey. Uh, one gentleman that's spoken about in the book, it doesn't give his name, I don't believe. But he would come in there, and he would fill out the resumes and different things. And, and Dewey would, every day, come up and, and greet the gentleman. Um, Spencer Public Library was the only place that had computers at this time. 1988, computers were, were fairly new. And so this was a lot the first time a lot of people had even seen or heard of computers. Um, and so a lot of people would come in to do their stuff there. And Dewey um, eventually won this gentleman over. He had a very deep, furrowed brow from the stress or whatnot, and Dewey seemed to pick up on the stress sense. And eventually Miss Myron came around one day, and there was the man with a relaxed look on his face, and Dewey curled up on his lap sleeping. Um, Dewey also, there was a gentleman that was a widow, a widower, and he had lost his spouse, and he would come there just to have socialization. And it turned out that Dewey would come and curl up on his lap, and it gave the man a purpose, and he would come by just to visit with Dewey more frequently. So the children loved him. He, he just, he really won the hearts of many. Oh, that's awesome. Did he uh, also um, have a, a special affinity uh, for um, children with special needs? He absolutely did. Um, there was a story hour that they would do, and they also had a puppet in there. And the puppet had muscular dystrophy and was in a wheelchair, and, and Dewey would always curl up on that puppet to the point where he was so covered with fur that they ended up having to lock him in a closet, which Dewey discovered how to get open and proceeded to curl back up and, and, and mess up the puppet. However, there was a, a young lady, I believe her name was Crystal, and she was nonverbal, wheelchair-bound, and Dewey had an affection for her and would climb up on her lap tray and just kind of give her attention and, uh, and would fall asleep sometimes on that lap tray. I think animals have a, a special instinct and know when 
uh, humans are in need or, or are in uh, trouble or stress or whatever. They absolutely do. I can tell you that firsthand from my own experiences in my own life. My, my little dog that I have right now would fall into that category. And so anyways, um, what did Dewey do uh, around the holidays there in the Spencer Library in Iowa? Mm, I heard he had an affinity for trees. Well, I'm glad you both brought that up. Yes, Dewey absolutely loved, 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 loved Christmas trees. Uh, he loved when the box would come off the shelf and he would get to go into the branches. And they would continually have to remove him out of the box. Just that pure smell of that, the plastic artificial tree coming out just seemed to be a magnet for Dewey's nose. Um, he would climb in the tree. He liked to watch the ornaments coming out of the boxes. And one year, on what they call the Grand Stroll, um, kind of like the main street of their small town, they had a Christmas tree competition. And one of the trees was uh, Dewey as in Dio, do we love to read? And it was a cat-themed Christmas tree with pictures of Dewey all over it, de decorated in cat toys and yarn. And um, it, there wasn't an official contest where people voted, but as Miss Myron stated in the book, she, do, she did believe that that was probably the most uh, talked-about tree in the, in the whole display. Oh, I can imagine it probably was. It was probably Dewey's favorite tree as well. He would curl up underneath it and take a nap. I think if I were the librarian, I probably would have issued him a special library card. You know, there's no telling. He may have had a library card. He did carry a library cat card for the Library Cat Association. What's that? So apparently there's an association that you can actually register your cat to be a library cat, and they actually carry a business card with them saying that they're an honorary member member of the uh, Library Cat Association, and Dewey is one of their members. <laughs> is that a lifetime membership, or do you have to renew it, it every year? It is. Oh. It is. But is it, if it's for a cat, is it nine lives, lifetimes worth, or is it, you oh. know, how does that work? How do you, <laughs> Can humans become a, uh, a member of this uh, cat society? I don't mean to be catty, but I'm not really sure. Oh, puns. The puns are just pouring all, all over the place over here. All right. Well, that's definitely an incredible thing that I've never heard of before. I didn't really realize. I know you can register your pets to be uh, helper animals, but I didn't realize that they actually had a library cat. But that was very appropriate for Dewey, especially since uh, it was a librarian who rescued him or a library worker uh, and uh, that he made his home in the library. So very, very appropriate for him. Amber, uh, what, um, how long did uh, Dewey live in the library? Between 16 to 19 years, he was in the library. Uh, and um, and actually, his name, Dewey, is after Melville Dewey for the Dewey Decimal System. And the um. town children came together and decided to vote on the name Read More Books. So his last so, name was Read More Books? It was. It absolutely was. Um, some of the other names that he was up for, for were Garfield, Spuds McKenzie. Um, Spuds that, McKenzie. Um, Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, a list of 50 names, um, and somebody chose Dewey about 50 times, so they decided to keep the name Dewey. It stuck, and so he became the official Dewey of the library. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have used the Spuds McKenzie because that, that was a bulldog from uh, co <laughs> commercials in the 80s. I think that was for Budweiser. Right, party dog. The party yeah, dog. The party but yes, dog. that was one of the names. One of the names for, there was a, a ton of names that went through, but Dewey's the one that mm -hmm. stuck, and I think yeah. it was appropriate. I think he, I he was a Dewey. Yeah. I do, too. Dewey, as in Dewey Decimal System, uh -huh. and read more books. Yeah. What a perfect name. Yeah. Do we read more? Yeah. 
What a perfect We name. do need more, more Dewey books. Mm -hmm. Very so good. what's your takeaway on uh, Dewey story in, in general, uh, Amber? What does it teach us? You know, it teaches us, here's this little creature who's had all these struggles, but the compassion he had for people and the zest he had for life and a sense of adventure. Um, I think Dewey teaches us to be resilient and to to love openly and to forgive people and to embrace life and not to be afraid of the future, but to uh, be excited about what lurks around the bend and just how to be compassionate for one another no matter what. What a what an incredible message for this day and time. Oh, I think so. I absolutely think so. And you know what? Uh, I, I think there should be more stories like that out there, and there probably are. Yes, the, I, I'm sure there are. And so my hope is that uh, his lifespan was 19 as opposed to 16. And I think uh, if my mental math does me uh, well, if he uh, came to the library as a kitten in 88, uh, he lived to... 2004, something like that, Amber? I believe that's correct. It's 2000, 2000 something, but I believe 2004 is right. Mm -hmm. And I think I remember hearing something that uh, Dewey, even though there's a book out about him, he actually had a little bit more uh, celebrity to him than just here in the United States, as far away as, I believe, Tokyo, Japan. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they uh, get letters from all over the place uh, when Dewey passed? They did. They did, and actually, one of the um, TV shows from over in Japan, I believe it was, came over and filmed Dewey to show him on one of their shows over back in their country. Isn't that amazing? So, I mean, something like this is far-reaching. Everybody knows that animals enrich our lives in different ways, and it's clear that Dewey uh, not only enriched the lives of the people in his local community, but also was able to touch the hearts of people around the world. A little throwaway animal becomes a world sensation with a message for mankind. It doesn't get any better than that, Amber. Yeah, and you know what? I wouldn't even say that he was thrown away. I would say that uh, he was found. And, uh, you know, they say with cats, and I think this is very true, you don't find the cat, the cat finds you. And I think Dewey found his way to that library uh, for a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amber, thank you so much for yes, sharing that story for us again. Once again, uh, you know, all of us believe that animals are always incredible and they're always dear to our hearts. And again, for our listeners, uh, if you'd like to read Dewey's complete true story, we all recommend the book Dewey and it's by Vicki Myron, a true story. A true story. Thank you again, Amber. Now, thank you for having you're welcome. I'm Richard. I'm Gary. And this was Amber's Incredible Story. <laughs>